1: Welcome to the How of Business with Henry and David. Hello, Henry. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. Good, good. Uh, what's been uh, What's been new lately? New? Uh,
0: well, what's been happening in my life is lots of travel, which I've kind of done to myself, scheduling trips back to back. I was on a European trip with my family for a couple of weeks, and then this past weekend I was in New York City with a friend of mine, went to a concert and spent some time up there, um, and actually used Airbnb for our uh, accommodations while I was there. That's the first time I've done that, so that was
1: how, very interesting. How did that go?
0: It, it went great. We I was hesitant. My friend had used it before. In fact, I believe he had used it before in New York City. So I was hesitant because I'm very particular about where I stay and the air conditioner has to be just right and all that stuff uh but it worked out great. We had a fantastic apartment on the 32nd floor in Chelsea with incredible views, like views of the Empire State Building. Oh, wow. it, it was a corner unit, so it had views to the north, to the east, and to the south. And uh it was spectacular, and very comfortable, and it was a different experience. I mean, it's amazing how a technology like that has disrupted that whole industry. And you and I have spoken about that before, but we we love that kind of stuff. But that's, that's, it's, it's just phenomenal. I'm probably, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to use it again when I go into fall.
1: Okay, good, good. Well, why don't you tell people real quickly what Airbnb is because they might not be familiar with it. Right,
0: and if they're not, you should check it out. Uh, I had only heard about it in passing. In fact, the name kind of threw me. I don't think it's a great name. At least to me, it didn't make any sense. I wasn't sure if it was a bed and breakfast or what was it. But what it is is an online site that facilitates people sharing and hosting anything from a shared room, believe it or not, to a room within someone's house or apartment or an entire house, or in the case, uh, as I just mentioned, in New York City, when I went, we uh, leased out, rented out, I should say, an apartment for the weekend, and it's someone's apartment. They live there, but depending on the situation, and in this particular case, uh, it's two people that live together, their roommates. Uh, she travels to Australia on a regular basis, and he's an actor in the city, but can stay with friends, so when she's in Australia they'll put this apartment on the market on Airbnb and they'll rent it out from anywhere from one night to seven nights or more.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. I looked up and New York city is a, a perfect market for this. This particular apartment probably rents for about $7,000 a month. It's a,
1: oh my goodness. Yeah,
0: it's a two bedroom apartment. So for them, it's a way to be able to live. I am sure I didn't ask them these details, but I'm sure it's a way for them to live in a nicer apartment than they probably could afford otherwise. Sure. Now that's just one example, but Airbnb just facilitates that. It facilitates me as a as a person who's looking for a place to stay, uh, a very easy to use website that gives me information, gives me ratings, gives me pictures, and then it facilitates the entire interaction and and accepting the transaction and handling the payment of the transaction and handling the reviews afterwards. So it facilitates this process, and and people are really taking on to it. It's amazing.
1: That's terrific. Yeah, a good example of a disruptive technology. It is, yeah. It's really changing the way people people look at staying staying in, in different cities. How different is that from like VRBO, which is vacation rental by owner? You know, there's, there's
0: similarities there. I think the difference is VRBO tends to be more vacation destinations like I've used them before. In fact, that might be how I found the condo that we're renting in Florida here next week. Um, it's, it's typically more for vacation type properties. Uh, it's typically a longer stay like a week, for example, a lot of the properties I've seen on those sites are week long rentals. Airbnb was about any, everything from literally we will share a room. I have an extra bed that I can rent to you, uh, a room or an entire place. Okay, and So it's more about that, that on-demand need, anything from one night to
1: two months, let's say. So there seems to be a lot more flexibility involved with Airbnb. Yeah, what it's
0: disrupting is the hotels, the traditional hotel process. It's not, it's not the traditional vacation rental per se, but it's the hotel that you would otherwise have gotten. For this weekend, three nights, typically I would have gotten a hotel. But instead, this was a better option. There was two of us traveling. We wanted more room. We wanted more space. We wanted a kitchen. And so that's what it provided for us.
1: And then price-wise, how did it compare to a hotel? For
0: my price level, for what I would look for in a hotel, it was considerably cheaper than a high-end hotel in New York City.
1: Okay, yeah. good, good. And we know you have pretty high standards. Yes, exactly. Too, and
0: so. hotels in New York City, if you if you go cheap, you you get cheap, right? So you can, you can end up in a pretty nasty hotel in New York City, in my experience.
1: Um, Something that's in a movie? <laughs> that's it, exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> Something that's European size, very tiny and yeah. not the greatest place. So. Okay. But but also, as it segues to the conversation we're going to have today, Dave, that you'll kick off, they use all of social media as well, the whole – review component of it that we're going to talk about in this conversation is an important component. One of the ways I narrowed down my top list of potential properties to stay at was based on the number of reviews and what those other people said about that property, about the host. So that had a big influence on how I chose the property.
1: Good, good. Yeah, that's going to be a great segue in what we're talking about. We're continuing our discussion on marketing and today's topic is going to be online marketing and social media, which is a big issue for any small business owner uh, and knowing what to do and how to do it. So what's the reason? Why do, uh, why do we have online marketing and social media and why do we care about that as a small business owner? Mm,
0: huge question, obviously, for us. And, and it's a different answer depending on the type of business that we have and the type of customer that we have. But it is where people are. So that, that's where our customers are that's where they are listening that's where they are interacting that's where they're spending their time so if we're going to reach them we have to go there uh, people are watching less and less of the traditional media, like television commercials. They're reading less newspapers, less printed materials. So on their phone, on their tablets, on their PCs, that's where they are. So that's, it's just a matter of trying to reach our audience there, if nothing else. And that's why, as business owners, we have to figure out what platform makes sense for us to reach that customer.
1: Yeah. So the big question is, how do we do that effectively as a small business owner uh, with with the resources we have, whether it's us or whether we hire somebody to do that, to try to do it cost effectively? That's right. So what are some of the so if you're going to go into small business again, Henry, what would be the two or three channels you would use to get your name out in the world?
0: Well, I think if with with online marketing, it starts with your website, and uh, so that's like any more obviously a given. You need to have a website, and it needs to be an effective website. Uh, and it depends on what you're doing online. Uh, in the businesses that we have, David and I've had, we don't sell anything online, so there are they are informational pages, and it's also where we are trying to engage our customers. We're also providing information, like I said, and where to find us, what our locations are, what we're currently offering, descriptions of our services, descriptions of us. But there's different types of websites, but a website is a given. You must have an effective website.
1: Is it possible to have an online presence without a website?
0: Uh, It is. I would think you at least have to have a blog or some other, uh, which is a type of website. I think you have to have something along those lines where people can find you. I know that for myself, and I'd ask you the same question, when I'm about to interact with someone, either buy something for someone or do business with someone, part of my vetting process is I immediately go online and Google that person, company, product, right? And so I'm expecting to find some level of information to help me validate that they're real that that it's someone i want to proceed the next step with
1: All right do you make any judgments based on their website i do
0: i do and it's and okay. it's i think it's human nature it's just like we make a judgment on the cover of a book uh, so, so it does it is hard for me and it's sometimes when i i have gone to a website that the content is nonetheless good but the look and feel of the website is not great it's not modern it's not updated And it's as much as I try not to let it uh, influence me, it does.
1: Okay, okay. So after the website, are you looking for basic information? And then how would you judge if you want to do business with this particular company?
0: I'm looking for the obvious. It's it's kind of like when we do – Reference calls on an interview or or on a potential candidate, I should say we know we expect that when we make that reference call We're going to get a glowing review It's kind of a check that that if we don't get that then something's wrong, right? So that should be there And so I think that to me to an extent that's kind of what I'm looking for on a website is that you have that presence it tells me whether it's right or wrong that you have some professional approach to what you're doing. And depending on what you're doing, it matters more than not. It depends on the business that you're in. If you're a consulting organization, you're expecting me to entrust you with a significant project and give you lots of my money, then it all needs to be congruent, as we spoke about in the previous podcast. Uh, It needs to all match, or I may start to question whether it's all real or whether what you're telling me, what you're selling me, is really what you deliver. Right. right. What's been your experience in that regard when you go to a website?
1: Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time on the website per se. I tend to spend more time on the Google search Mm -hmm. area and look at Google business, for example. I'll look at that to find out when they're open, what are the products. Sometimes I'll click on the website to figure out if they're offering what I'm looking for. Uh, but it's it's still very interesting to me that there's a lot of businesses out there that do not have a website right. but they'll have Google business and they'll have uh other ways you can find them and we typically what I'm looking for is a location or a telephone number or hours that's right. uh, of business so that's that's what uh some of these ancillary tools that we'll talk about really help with is finding out more information about where the business is, where it's located is it open is it closed is it closing soon? Mm-hmm which I, I like that uh, capability that Google yeah. business has. Yeah, it's tremendous. So, yeah, that, that, yeah. And that's
0: really taken over that, that whole part of it. it and, you, and you must be uh, cognizant and aware of, is that data accurate, making sure you update it, make sure you maintain it. That in itself is a full-time job, but it's very important because that is what people are going to now. When people are looking for right. things on the phone uh, or on their tablet or some other mobile device, that's really what they're seeing is that Google information first.
1: Okay. But the other big issue you run into when you're looking up a company or you're searching for a service or a product is which ones come up first. Right. And that brings us to the topic of search engine optimization. Can you explain to people a little bit what search engines are and how the big search engine companies uh, manage that process?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a complex topic at which I am a novice uh, because I've had to be. It is a moving target, and that's that's the best way I always describe it. And so, unfortunately, because it's a moving target, and I'll explain that in a moment, there are lots of ways you can waste your money paying people to do search engine optimization for you. And in some cases, that might well be the best option for you if you simply do not have the time nor does it make sense for you to dedicate the time to focus on it. It's just that what frustrates me is right now – Lots of small business owners are being taken – not taken for fortunes, but taken for money that they could spend elsewhere thinking that this is something that's necessary. The key to search optimization – search engine optimization or what it means, first of all, and really we're talking about Google because Google dominates that space, dominates the search space. So what we're talking about is how do we get on that first page – of a Google search result. That's what we're all trying to do as it relates to search engine optimization. So that's what that means. Okay. Optimizing where we end up on that search result.
1: So if I type in, for example, car wash, then I want a car wash Colorado Springs. Uh, my goal would be to be on that very first page. That's right.
0: And in fact, some people would say your goal is to be above the folds. And that's a term that comes from newspaper days, which means you're going to be, a, you're going to appear before I have to scroll down. That's, that's how important it is to be as high up on the list as possible. But, okay. but I always could live with being on the first page, right, um, especially on the map. And, and, and Google changes this all the time. So just to speak to that briefly, again, I am not an expert. There's lots you can read about this online. But there's an algorithm, which is the secret sauce, the IP that Google has as it relates to search engine optimization. This, this is – This is their thing that's most valued. It's like the Coca-Cola recipe. And that changes on a regular basis because, A, they're trying to make it better. Their number one goal with search engine results when you go to Google is to provide you the end user with the content that you're looking for. So it's not designed to help me, the business owner, who's trying to get first on the list, right? Right. But so it's about – Making sure that when a user searches for something, they then end up finding what they're looking for. And Google can track that because they can then see where you click and how long you stay on that page and all that good stuff. So, right. so that's what they're trying to do. Now, to do that and to stay ahead of it and to stay ahead of others trying to game the system, they continuously change what goes into that algorithm to determine what comes up in that first page and subsequent.
1: So what you're saying is they change the algorithm for two reasons. One, to make the algorithm better, but two, also to kind of keep everybody on their toes. So if I can sit down and figure out what the secret sauce is to get my business higher on the rankings, then they want to change that up so that I can't necessarily influence that. That's right.
0: For for example, several years ago, you could do what was called keyword stuffing. You would put on your website at the bottom of the page – all of these keywords and then there wasn't any content that was of any use to the person visiting the page, but it was all these keywords and you could stuff the page with these keywords and that helped with search engine optimization. Now if you do that, and it's been a while since this has been the case, now if you do that it actually hurts your page rank. So those kind of things, what Google is looking for you to do as a website designer developer content manager, business owner, is to have good, useful, relevant, fresh content for people to access. That's, it's as simple as that. Okay. The problem is that there's a lot that I just said there. That content, right. creating that content, updating that content, making that content relevant, that's the hard work. But it really is as simple as that. And then the second component is it simply takes time. Um, if you recall, they, we, we had met uh, on our frozen yogurt business with a local agency in Colorado Springs who one of the things they wanted to help us with was to get on the first page of Google, if you recall. Mm-hmm. And we decided not to. And I think about six months later, we were on the first page, right? Right. Because we just consistently added valuable content and other there other techniques as well. But if you just focus on that, if you just focus on creating valuable content and refresh and add to the content on your website on a regular basis, that usually does the trick.
1: Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at a listing right now for car washes in Colorado Springs, and there's a list of about eight car washes, and then below that, you've got websites. Right. So the list that comes up, is that the results of Google Business?
0: It's the result of part of this algorithm. I have never been able to crack that code. I'm sure there's experts out there that uh, they, that do believe they know how to do that. It's all tied to this ranking, and so they're placing on there the ones that come up that they believe are most relevant based on the search that you did. Okay. So it's all tied together, and that's the thing that makes it so difficult, right? Okay. We, we know, for example, most recently now with the latest release of the Google algorithm that pages that are not mobile friendly are getting um, – are, are, are less less favorable, right? So, right? so we have a website for one of our businesses, for example, that's not really mobile friendly, but I can't just rewrite that in, in a day's time. So that's the challenge that I mentioned about it being a moving target. And it just is what it is. I I think the thing for small business owners is we can't get too worked up about it. Now, if your site is a commerce site and you are selling something on your website, then this is your most important thing.
1: And you better get worked up about it. You better
0: get worked up about it. You better hire people who know how to do this or hire it on or consult it. Then that's different. We're, We're talking about here generally in our experience with our businesses and uh, the businesses that, that we are familiar with are where you have a website for informational purposes and engaging with your customers. If you're selling stuff on your website, that's a whole different ballgame.
1: Right, right. So do you care much about the other search engines? Do you do any work on those? Or how, how are, are there – I mean, obviously, we don't know the algorithms. But how significantly different is it working with the other search engines?
0: My, my experience is that if it works for Google, it will work for everyone else. I have, at times when I've gotten frustrated with Google, said, the heck with it, I'm going to go over to Yahoo. But when I look at the analytics on my website, the vast majority of people are finding me through Google. So hate them or love them, they own the the platform. They they own search. That's what you have. It it is what it is. And so that might change, but for now, Google owns it. So your concentration needs to be on Google, in my opinion.
1: Okay. So your basic recommendation for any small business owner and their website would be?
0: Well, make sure you design a good website. There's a a book that I love called Don't Make Me Think. It's actually been out for a while, Steve Krug, K-R-U-G, and I'll put this link on the show notes. It's a great simple read of a book, but this whole Don't Make Me Think, what he says it means is it means that as far as humanly possible – When I look at a web page, it should be self-evident, obvious, self-explanatory. So that's a key theme that I always kind of use to determine the design of a website. Is a website good or bad? Is it easy to use? Does it make me think? Do I have to click too many times to get to what I'm looking for? And again, this is a moving target. Everybody has an opinion about how good or bad your website is. Uh, but, but get a good website designed. Uh, you should probably hire that out unless you have somebody on your team that has that expertise. And then make sure it's a design that allows for content to be added on a regular basis. And then that has to be part of, I think, your marketing calendar, your marketing plan. I think what happens to a lot of business owners is they throw up a website, and it's great, but then it becomes dated, and that's when it starts to fall off of the Google search rankings.
1: Okay. Would you recommend people use the – there's a lot of different companies out there that sell website templates. What are your thoughts behind that?
0: I love it. I have just uh, used uh, Squarespace most recently, and I uh, I love the, the functionality. It takes a little bit of – it's a little bit of a learning curve. Even for me, someone who has some basic knowledge of HTML, I've hacked that HTML have a computer programming background. So it's not – it's easy if you just use the -the out-of-the-box templates, which they provide many. But to get something a bit more customized, there's a bit of a learning curve. But great tools to build a website, and so I just recently built one myself using that tool, uh, Squarespace that is.
1: Do you have any sort of advice you can give people to how much money they should spend on their initial website?
0: Yeah, obviously I I think that depends on – your business and the size of your business in our case where we've built businesses that have a startup of anywhere from a couple hundred thousand to maybe a couple of million dollars. I think you're looking at spending. If you hire someone anywhere from 5,000 at the low end to 20,000 at the high end to have somebody design your website.
1: Okay. So pretty good. Amount of money to it is to consider. That's
0: right. And and so part of that decision has to be how important is it to us? How important is it to reaching our customers? Do we just need a placeholder on the web? Or is it important? Is it how people are going to find us? Is it how they're going to decide to call us or not? So all of those things come into play.
1: Yeah, although we don't have websites that do a lot of transaction, they're more information only. I do see it as kind of a foundational uh, cornerstone of your online presence. That's right. I would agree. So, Okay, good, good. So, Okay.
0: So to segue off of that, I think maybe online advertisement and what we've done there might be a, a good next topic, Dave.
1: Okay, great. So once you've got your website up and running, then you want to be able to – attract people to your website or attract people to your business and there's a lot of technology out there around online advertising what are some examples of that that you've seen what are some examples that you've used and what do you like and don't like about online advertising sure
0: so the one we i have the most experience with as far as ads go is google adwords Um, and google adwords uh, can also be something that makes you pull your hair out Uh, It seems very straightforward, but you can easily spend a lot of money and not get much results from it. Uh, But but it is, again, the dominant player. Uh, I've used it to drive traffic to the website. I've used it as call-to-action, so in other words, to get people to call on a particular offer. But mostly I've used it in conjunction, like you said, with the website to drive traffic, especially initially, to that website. Learning AdWords, it's not technically difficult but it just takes some practice and some trial and error. There's a lot of good content online that Google provides on the subject, on learning how to do it, a lot of tutorials. There's, of course, many books that have been written on it. Myself, I just started hacking at it, as I usually do, and testing it and working with very small daily budgets, like a $5 daily budget. That way it couldn't get out of hand on me and just looked at what worked and what didn't. The nice thing with Google AdWords Oh, what it allows you to do is to have any number of ads running at once, so that you really see which ones are working and which ones are not. So that's that's great to be able to test what works and what doesn't. Uh, so right. Google AdWords, and then uh, there's many other platforms, but Craigslist is an interesting interesting one to want to talk about. We've used it, Dave, uh, for everything from advertisement. I've used it at a previous business to uh, publishing. Uh, positions that we're trying to fill to try to hire uh, employees, right? Uh, So
1: what type of advertising would you do on Craigslist? Because I'm not familiar with that. So
0: in my previous business that I sold last year, which was a sweet salon business, that's a business where we leased out spaces to individual uh, beauty and health professionals. So really it was a property management business. We were in the business of attracting new tenants that we could lease out these rooms to primarily hairstylists, uh, massage therapists, nail technicians. And so what we found worked the best was putting an ad in Craigslist in the services area, offering, Mm -hmm. and also in the jobs area, because a lot of what happens with that clientele is they might be working somewhere, but they might be ready now to make the leap to go into business for themselves. And that's who we're looking for someone who's looking to operate their own business and rent a space from my salon. So Craigslist was the number one source of leads for us as far as anything we ever advertised through. Um, It's just that audience is listening there. They're advertising on that platform themselves for their services. So they go there on a daily or regular basis. And so we're doing the, the basic thing, which is to, reach my audience where they are listening. And that's a common theme that we'll talk about, especially when we get into social media. As was, as marketing has always been, you have to find out, once you identify who your target customer is, and we spoke to that in the previous podcast, then part of what you have to do is find out where they go, what they read, where they get their news, where are they listening so that we can try to reach them there. Sure. In the case of Craigslist, depending on the market, at least here in the Dallas market where I am placing an ad, depending on the category, it might be either free or it might just be twenty-five dollars. Uh, now they've changed; they, they keep changing the rules a little bit. It used to be in some of the paid ads I could include HTML links back. They've changed some of that, but it's still a great source for us, very cost effective source of advertisement. Now, the challenge with it is if you're familiar with Craigslist is your post or your ad becomes dated very quickly because it's a chronological thing. So you have to watch it depending on how much other people are posting in that same category. You might have to post on a weekly basis, a daily basis. It just depends on how many other people are posting because as we talked about with search engine, If your ad is past one or two pages, it will not get seen.
1: Now, doesn't Craigslist have the ability to check that and will sometimes shut your ad down if you keep trying to put it back up to the top?
0: I haven't had that issue, but I haven't abused it either. Um, I used to post on a weekly basis and never had an issue. Uh, I've heard of that. I think if you abused it purposely, if you were bombarding it on an hourly basis, then yes, you'll probably get shut down.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I had uh, experience with trying to post a job description on Craigslist, and I don't know if I was changing the ad or doing something with it, but it finally got uh, – it got shut down because they said I was abusing their policy. I tried to read their policies. I couldn't figure out what was going on, so – I just kind of went on. so yeah, it was very vague. But, they they yeah. don't want
0: you to b- take over the site and spam it and have it full of your repeated ad. That's what they're trying sure. to do. Sure,
1: yeah. yeah. So we're coming up on our time, Henry. I wanted to ask you really quick uh, before we end on online advertising. If you were a small business and getting started, what would be the one or two or three things you would do to take advantage of online advertising?
0: Obviously, it depends on the type of business, but generally speaking, get the website up, start driving traffic to that website, I think, with AdWords. That's probably what I would do with the budget that's in line with what uh, you have to spend, and you can control that. So you start driving traffic to that website. So I would start with a good website design, good content, and then Google AdWords to drive traffic to that website. That's probably how I would start.
1: Okay, terrific. Good, good. Well, this is obviously a big subject. We uh, always have a lot more to talk about than we have time, but uh, we'll save uh, some other ideas on online marketing for the next episode of The How of Business. So for David Begin and Henry Lopez, thank you for listening and join us next time on The How of Business.
0: Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream.